0: Chapter 24 The Kiss of the Backslider Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Ruth One Fourteen. In this book we have the Gentile sheltering the Jew, and the Jew in return inviting the Gentile to partake of Israel's land and blessing. Moab receives Judah and feeds him in the day of famine, as the prophet later says, let the outcasts of Moab stay with you, Isaiah 16, 4. And Judah bids Moab welcome to his better portion. Israel's famine first sent Israel to Egypt for food. Israel's persecution drove Israel's true son, the Messiah, the son of David, to seek protection in Egypt. So now we see Naomi leaving Bethlehem, passing over the rugged hills of Judah, crossing the Dead Sea, and settling in the land of Moab. Until the calamity ended. Whether it was faith or unbelief that led her to flee from Bethlehem, we cannot say. It was faith that led her to return. It is as a believing woman that we now find her leaving her exile to seek her own land again, though at that time she didn't know that the Messiah was to come from her line. She sets out with her two daughters in law after a sojourn of ten years in Moab. They travel onward for a little way until they come to some particular spot, perhaps the shore of the Dead Sea, which they must cross. There Naomi tests them, and there the difference comes out between the two. It is this difference that we will now examine. The difference is brought out in Orpah's kissing and Ruth's clinging. There was great resemblance up to a certain point. Both were Moabites, related by marriage, if not by birth. Both were attached to Naomi up to a certain point, and both were linked to Bethlehem by their marriage, and both were going out with Naomi to dwell in Judea. There were many points of likeness between the two. It will be profitable to notice these. There are many authors among us, but few Ruths, many Balaams, many Demases, many who follow for a while and then go back and no longer walk with the Lord. 1. Orpah and her kissing. There are many kinds of kissing spoken of in Scripture. Some evil and some good. There is the murderer's kiss, that of Joab, Second Samuel twenty nine. The harlot's kiss, Proverbs seven thirteen. The kiss of the enemy, Proverbs twenty seven six. The kiss of idol worship, Hosea thirteen two. The flatterer's kiss, Second Samuel fifteen five. Absalom. And the traitor's kiss, Luke twenty-two forty-eight. These, however, have nothing in common with Orpah and her kiss. Then there is the kiss of affection, Genesis fifty-one, Joseph. The kiss of homage, First Samuel 10, 1, Samuel. The kiss of reconciliation, Second Samuel fourteen thirty-three. The kiss of meeting, Luke fifteen twenty, the prodigal son. And the kiss of parting, Acts twenty thirty seven. In some of these we find Orpah's kiss. It was the kiss of affection and the kiss of parting. So far, it was good and not evil. But we must consider its meaning in the circumstances. Everything depends on that. It meant that a she was not prepared to leave Moab. The ties between her and it were still unbroken, though for a time they were loosened a little. Moab was still Moab to her, the home of her kindred, the center of her affections, the dwelling place of her gods. Thus, millions are not ready to leave the world, though often in some measure they are broken from it. They cling to their old haunts of vanity, foolishness, pleasure, lust, or literature. They cannot think of forsaking these. Indeed, they soothe their consciences with the argument that it would not be right to break off from all of these. To them the world is still the world, attractive and excellent. They cannot think of crucifying it, or themselves to it. They have been born in it, lived in it, and their friends are in it. Why should they leave it? Their hearts are still here, their treasure is here. They linger in it, though at times they feel the necessity of leaving it. What would life be to them without the novel or the ballroom, the theater, the merry assembly, the banquet, the revelry, the folly, the wine cup, or the song. b. It meant that, for the sake of Moab, she was willing to part with Naomi. She was not without longings after Naomi and her city, her kindred, and her God, but her old longings and ties kept her back, and in the end they prevailed. Yet she wished to part in peace, to bid a decent farewell to her mother-in-law. She kissed so that she might not cling. Her kiss was a farewell, a farewell to Naomi, her land, and her God. Do we not have many Orpers? They would gladly have both Israel and Moab. They would rather not part with either. Their heart is divided. They would gladly cast in their lot with God's people and obtain their inheritance. They are not scoffers, not openly godless, and not reckless pleasure-seekers, but they are half and half, or rather not so much. They would be religious up to a certain point, to the point when a choice must be made, and then their heart speaks out. They give up Christ and turn back to the world. Yet they do so quietly, as it were, and kindly. They kiss at parting, but will that kiss help them? Will God accept the kiss as an excuse for turning back? or as a substitute for the wholehearted service that he desires? What does that kiss mean now? What will it stand for in the great day of the Lord? It is certainly not the kiss of Judas, but it is the kiss of the cowardly and unbelieving. Revelation 21.8. 2. Ruth and her clinging. Orpah kissed, but Ruth clung. Orpah kissed so that she might not cling. Ruth clings silently and without show or demonstration. She does not linger nor halt. Moab is behind her, Israel is before her, and Naomi is at her side. Her choice is made. She does not falter, either in heart or in step. Before her are Judah's hills, behind her lies Bethlehem. She presses forward. Jehovah must be her God, and Jehovah's land her heritage. Nothing will come between. She forgets her kindred and her father's house. What are Moab's hills, cities, temples, or gods? Jehovah, God of Israel, is now her God forever. Here is clinging. Here is decision. Here are faith and love. Here is the undivided heart. It is this that God still looks for. He will accept nothing else, not half a heart, nor half a life, not Orpah's kiss but Ruth's clinging. He wants decision. He abhors vacillation and compromise. If you prefer Moab, then go dwell there, enjoy its pleasures, and worship its gods. If you choose Israel, then pitch your tent there, and take Jehovah for your all. It is a mean and poor thing to divide yourself between the two. Be decided, brave, manly, and determined. Do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? James 4:4. Do not love the world. Love the world to come. Love Him who is Lord and King of that coming world. Come out and be separate, and do not touch what is unclean. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Indecision will profit you nothing. Even in its gentlest and kindliest form, it is hateful to God. It will not satisfy you, it won't satisfy God. You cannot have a whole world and a whole Christ. Half of the world and half of Christ is equally an impossibility. Alliance with the world and alliance with Christ is out of the question. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Beware of carnal fascinations and snares. Beware of pleasures and vanities. Do not meddle with worldly amusements. Suspect the things that the world is enamoured with. Don't blind yourselves with creature love and creature beauty. Don't lull your conscience asleep with an outward religion, a fantastic pictorial and sensual worship. It is not religion, but Christ that God points you to. Forsake everything for him. Let him be your all. Look to Bethlehem, where Naomi and Ruth were headed to. Jesus was born there. Let your heart rest there. Look a little farther, to Jerusalem and Golgotha. He died there, the just for the unjust. He finished his work. He shed the reconciling blood there. He gave full testimony to the free love of God there. Let your conscience get its purging and pacification there. Let your whole soul go forth and abide there, with Him who died and rose again, and who has promised. Saying, I will come again and receive you to myself. John fourteen three.